theyeshiva.net. Bruchim Abayim, welcome. Since they're changing the clock, Matzai Shabbos, so Be'ezer Hashem, the Monday morning share will be back to 745. Because everything will be earlier. Fall back. So we began the Maimer in Torah Er Lech Lecha by the Balatanya about the essence of a bris, circumcision. Hashem tells Avram that after the bris, his name changes from Avram to Avraham. And he wants to understand what that means, what's the significance, what's the connection. Precisely the name Avraham, which means, which represents Avamayin Goyim, you're a leader for the multitudes of nations. For this, he asked a question generally, the famous question in the Medrash, that the philosopher asked Rabbi Yishia, if Hashem cherishes Mila, if Chaviva Hiyamila, if circumcision is so desirable, why wasn't the person created that way? Why does it have to be done later? And the answer was, he answered, that if you look at nature, he gives the example in the Medrash of Turmusin, very bitter beans, the way they grow, they're not edible, you push it, can't eat them. The person has to cook them, and actually not cook them once, but the Gemara says seven times, and then they're sweetened, it actually becomes a wonderful dish that was very popular during Talmudic times in the Middle East. So in other words, everything that was created needs tikkun, it needs asiyah and tikkun. It's actually in Chumash. In the beginning of Parshas Bereshis, he rested from all the work that Hashem created to do. So the work that he created was the beginning, it wasn't the end. <laughs> he created a situation where there's now, you got to do. You have the foundation, you have the materials to begin lasas. Lasakin. Lasas means lasakin. Everything in Sheshis and just needs tikkun. And that's the concept of Mila, which is also tikkun. It's, it's doing something in the body, which is not the way most children, most infants are born. But Latanya wanted to understand why is the mushal, how do you compare the mushal? The mushal, the turmus and ataka not edible. Ataka can't eat them. Like we give other examples of many things that grow, but they still need human input in order to develop. The whole concept of growth, right? if you don't plow the earth and you don't plant, you, you could say the same thing. We, 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 it's not called manipulating nature. We're partners with nature in the development of creation. We're, part, we're co-partners. The Gemara has an expression that whoever says, on Shabbos, Friday night, in Shabbos, Shabbos, you're like a co-partner with Hashem in the work of creation. The human is not just a passive bystander. You're, we're active participants in the work of repairing and healing the world. Our job is not just to be passive. Got it. But he wants to understand the specifics. Turmus and Yitaka can't eat. What's wrong if a person has an arla? It's not like the person can't eat, can't function. It's not chas v'shalom, a person, a child is born with a... With a with a, with a challenge, a child, a child is born with a heart defect, or with another serious challenge, a disease that nobody's going to know, don't do anything, that's how they were born. <laughs> Even if they were born that way, you try to enhance a person's life. Right? We try to do whatever we can to enhance life. <laughs> that's why we build homes, and we also make coats. 
Why don't you just go out to, to the, in, in the winter without clothes? Even those who worship nature, it's usually put on a coat when it's, uh, when it's cold. Why? And the answer, of course, is because there's sheep, and the sheep have wool, so you could make a woolen coat, and you could warm yourself. Everybody does that, right? If you want to live. But he says, L'chayre, the marshal is not like the nimshal. The marshal, your poshut can't eat it. This person was saying, what's wrong with, with a foreskin? What, what, what does it disturb? So you might say, well, he's telling him, well, well, God thinks that an Arla is, 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 but then he doesn't need the Tumusin. Just say, Hashem said. He's trying to explain the Roman or the Greek philosopher, the Havana. He's not just saying the Torah says, bris. the man was asking a question. If it's really true that Arla is not good, it's an undesirable or an incomplete state. Hashem tells Avram, I'm going to be complete. So why create it that way? So you're asking Turmusin. So you brought a diet from Turmusin. So over there, it's not visible, it's conspicuous. Here we're back to the idea that I have to rely on you. How is the marshal reflective of the nimshah? That was the question. So the Balatanya began a whole long, a whole explanation. And just to summarize it, Mamish in a few sentences. He renews creation every single moment. And he describes in this Maimah, what's the Mechadish, what's the renewal? The renewing is not just the creation. The renewal of every moment is the divine energy of creation. Why? Because the divine energy of creation needs to go through a metamorphosis, what's called Ayin Tiyesh. It's not just the creation that's renewed. The divine energy is concretized from a place of ayin, which is no thingness, no thingness, intangible, infinite, transcendent. And that should be able to become concretized and assume the image of the world we inhabit. That's a chiddush that's every single moment. It's called chiddush yesh mayayin. The oil itself needs to be created every moment, the, the divine light. And how does that happen? It happens through a series of what's called parsois. Parsois means veils. In, in the Tanakh language, it's called parachas. In the Beis HaMikdash, you had a parachas between Kaidish and Kaidish HaKadoshim. He says it wasn't just a technical veil, so people shouldn't see. It was a transformative veil. In order for there to be a break on Kodesh HaKadoshim. In Kodesh HaKadoshim, there's the revelation of Ein Saif. The Gemara says in Yuma that Makam Aaron Einim in Amida. The measurements of the Aaron over there, paradoxes, quantum mechanics, lived there in a visible way. <laughs> it, it, was, it was there. That's why you couldn't observe it. Kodesh HaKadoshim could observe it. And if he stayed alive, it was a Chiddush. Because reality was not measured the way we measure reality. The Gemara says in Yuma, right? Which means, if you measure the Aaron, it had a measurement. Two and a half Amas length, it had, a me- and it had to have a measurement. And the Ark. But the width of the Kaddish HaKadoshim was 10 Amas. 20 by 10. So if you measured till the Aaron, and you measured... So you measured 10, 10, 10 this, this is the length of the Kaddish HaKadoshim. So you measured from this wall till the Aaron is 10. From this wall till the Aaron is 10. That's how it worked, because the Aaron didn't occupy space. It was like it was a spaceless object. 
So it's as though it wasn't there, because the room was 20, 20 amas. 20 amas is 20 cubits. That's approximately 30 or 40 feet. Around 30 feet, 35 feet, between 30 and 40 feet, 20 amas. So if you measured it, it was without the arm. The arm didn't occupy space. But then if you measured the arm, it did occupy space. The fact that the arm was invi- what would be invisible and not occupy space, that's not the Chiddush. We can all understand the concept that transcends space. The Chiddush is it occupied space. And not only that, once from the Rebbe Avart, he said, because it occupied space, it became an arm. If it wouldn't occupy space, it wouldn't have Kedusha Sa'ar, and it wouldn't be a Kaili for Eneminamida. So because it had measurements, that allowed it to transcend measurements. So it's not just a paradox, it's complete synthesis. So you say it doesn't work that way, sorry. Either it occupies space or it doesn't occupy space. That was the Kedusha Kadosh. It's like in quantum mechanics today, right? Does it go this way? Does the, the, the particle move this way? The particle can move both ways. Sorry, it does. <laughs> the cat is dead or alive. It's both. <laughs> this is not like, this is not a language of faith. This is a language of science. The Gemara says, Befedish, Makamarin, Einim and Amida. Yet there was a Makamar. If there was no Parochis, if that reality would flow out, he says, Hakal Echa, there would be only oneness. The Parochis creates a new light, the light that travels through the veil on the other side it's a continuum but it's not a continuum there's a leap a serious leap and a transformation and therefore there could be another level of reality and the Baltan says that's what in Kabbalah whenever it speaks about worlds that's what it is you say there's a one world and another world there's another world another world is another state of consciousness what makes another state of consciousness there's a parachus in between the Beis itself, there were 13 parachas, and in other words, 13 levels of transformation, one to another to another. And each world has its own parsa, its own unique, that allows a transformation of a new world, a lower state of reality, which means a lowest, and in each person, in each creature, you have how much is my veil present, and how thick is it, and how dense is it. In other words, how much am I aware of the ultimate truth of oneness with infinity? If there wouldn't be any parsayas, it would be hakalech, it would be one kodesh hakadosh, one kodesh hakadosh. That's the mechadosh betuvay. That every moment there has to be an ur chadosh. It's called an ur shaltulda, the offspring light, not the original light. The light goes through. It's the same light, but it went through a veil. It's a different quality. It's a different caliber. That's why there's atzilus, every yitzir, every nisham, every malach, every level, every madrega. These are not just mystical, weird, strange words. Every parser creates a different type of perception that defines reality. If you want to use the words, what is the uh, electromagnetic field within that world, I'm just using it as a metaphor, right, that allows certain frequencies of light to be registered in this world and absorbed by the soul or the angel or the reality or the person that's inhabiting that world and therefore this becomes reality. There's certain colors we don't see. Why? Not because they don't exist. We simply don't have the, the kalim, the tools in our eye and brain to register them. So we say it doesn't exist. In other words, we call it ayin. <laughs> That's what ayin means. Ayin doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Ayin means in my world it doesn't exist. Because, sorry, I don't have the tools. There was a big argument inside between Heisenberg and, and Einstein. So Heisenberg wrote a letter to Einstein, a very sharp letter. So Einstein didn't, uh, was not a chassid of quantum uh, physics. 
One of the areas he was proven wrong. Usually he was proven right, but there's a few areas he was proven wrong. So Heisenberg wrote to him a marshal that uh, there was a fisherman. He said, you remind me of a fisherman. I think I shared it once. The fisherman, he said, wanted to find out how many fish there are in the ocean. So he put down a net <laughs> and he lifted it up after a few months and he had all these hundreds of thousands of species of fish that he picked, that he brought out from the ocean. And then he came out with an announcement that there's no fish smaller than five inches. And everybody was laughing. In your dining room, you have, you have a fish tank. You have goldfish that are smaller than five inches, right? And then they realized he wasn't lying. The holes in the net were five inches. <laughs> the holes in the net were five inches. If the holes in the net were five inches, there's no fish smaller than five inches. He wasn't lying. He was saying the truth. Meaning the instruments you use to define reality will define the reality that you discover. Very few people change their net. <laughs> I don't want to go there. There's no fish smaller than five inches. I'm right. <laughs> That's the net I use. How many people are ready to change their net? In other words, can you redefine the instruments you're using to define reality? You understand how important this is? I can live my whole world, my whole life, in a particular space, and I am convinced I'm right, and I'm right. Only one issue. My net has certain, <laughs> its holes its holes are of certain size. That's Nothing else comes in. doesn't come in. Everybody's brain is a net. And you have to be open to the fact that the holes in my net are very, very big. And they're not letting certain truths come through. I don't register them. And sometimes the net was punctured. The holes in the net were punctured. And the holes were expanded. That's what some people might call trauma. I didn't say it, you said it. But it's not, it's, not a, it's not a bad scientific definition for it. And, and this becomes my net. This becomes, this becomes my go-to net. And therefore, if you throw a fish that's of any other size, it, does, it simply doesn't exist. The polarized, the polarized glasses. So yeah, it filters the light, and that's what a parachus is. The question is, to what degree does it filter it? How intensely does it filter it? What, what, what do you access? Yeah, 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 very good. It's interesting, when the parachus was woven, it says that on the two sides you often had different pictures, right? Because on the other side, on the other side, you have a different picture of reality. Right? In relationships, we know how important this is. You know, I'm talking to you, you're talking to me. Do you hear what I'm saying? Do I hear what you're saying? Usually not. <laughs> There's a filter. What's the parochus that your words are going through? This is so important. Because if I don't look at that parochus, I think I understood what you said. I complete, I'm clueless. I, I'm pushed clueless. You have to always look at what's the parochus. So therefore, he says parochus after parochus after parochus, till you reach a point where in the last, the, the end of the first paragraph, he says, Achenes have a mamish. <laughs> That's like a chiddush. Until gashmis mamish emerges. Why is that such a chiddush? Because really there's no gashmis. Really, how much has to happen there should be gashmis? We know even today, 
from a scientific perspective that they're struggling if there's Gashmias or not. <laughs> Matter is a derivative of consciousness. I think it exists, so therefore it exists. I, 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 my mind defines it in a certain way. If I would have different types of eyes, different, I would see a different world. You already use different instruments, you see a different world. So the Balatanya says, really, the whole mitzvah is that it should be Gashmias. How many parochuses does it take in order to take that energy and turn it into a physical, concrete reality? Now he goes to the next step. Achyesh kama mesachim hamavdilin. But there's different types of mesachim. This is uh, page 23, uh, second column on top. Lech lecha. Achyesh kama mesachim column 2. Achyesh kama mesachim hamavdilin. There's different types, there's different species of mesachim. Mesachim are veils, curtains, partitions. Masach in, in Aramaic is parsa. Paroiches is parsa. Shabbos, we say, he creates a partition between the holy and the mundane. In the Mishkan, it said, between the holy of holies and holy. But Shabbos, after Shabbos, we say, not Lekoidish. Yomtif, you say, Mitzvah Shabbos, which is Yom Tov, you make Havdalah. It's also Havdalah, but Mitzvah Kodesh. That's like the Kodesh HaKadoshim and the Kodesh. Here, Mitzvah Shabbos, you say, Ben Kodesh L'Chayl. There's a different type of partition for that. So, Masach Mavdil Gamor. This is a much more intense and absolute partition. It's completely not comparable to the veil between the Kodesh HaKadoshim and the Heichel, the Holy of Holies and the Holy Shazau. In this case, it's the evolution of the same light that becomes more concretized. Nizgasha means more brute, more crass. As it goes through veil after veil, it devolves, it loses some of its original pristine intensity and infinity. But it's the same light. It's like if you put a curtain by the window, the light of the sun is coming through. If it's not such a thick curtain, it's not going to be the same quality, the same caliber. Right? It's not like staring at the sun. But it's the same earth. It just goes through Ayish so therefore, even after the partition, it's still holy. So the light is still the same quality, so therefore, the, 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 the creation that it creates and it generates has a similar perception to that which was preceding the, the curtain. But then you have a masach that pasha blocks the light. It doesn't filter the light, it blocks, like you said in the polarized, polarized glasses, surfaces. You have that which filters the light, and then sometimes it blocks the light. It doesn't want sometimes different horizontal light it blocks, or it blocks completely the light. I don't want light to come through. I want a dark room. <laughs> when they used to develop, uh, you remember the negatives of pick. I want a dark room. I don't want any light to come through. I'm not just creating a curtain to filter the light. It's a masach mavdal gomor. Shemailim, it blocks the light. Doesn't only compromise it, mitigate it, dilute it, filter it, condense it, contract it, restrict it, whatever the right word is. It's Mailim. So now, 
The light comes through, but it's blocked. It's blocked. So the reality on the other side experiences itself as Nifrid Mamash. I'm separate. I'm lonely. I'm detached. I'm alone. I'm separate. Mamash separate. This is in, in Kabbalistic language. It's called Heicholos Achitzayinim. The chambers of the external realities. What a what expression. Heicholos are the palaces of Chitzayinim, of the external realities. What's that external realities? Realities that only identify the external layer of reality. You could live your whole world identifying only the external layer, and that's reality. Right? This table has an external layer of reality. That's reality. You use a microscope, you'll see other stuff in this table. Huh? <laughs> 99.9 of it is not matter, right? Somebody once said an unbelievable thing. He said, from a real perspective, right? If you saw the world from microscope, all the matter of this planet, all the physicality of this planet could fit in to one carry-on suitcase. Because 99.9 of an atom is empty space. Our eyes can't deal with it, so we make a cholent of it. But he says the whole, the gashmius of the world can fit into a carry-on suitcase. The hest, a carry-on suitcase. <laughs> so when he says here, it's really a carry-on suitcase. And that's even from the perspective of Asiya. That's we're talking a microscope. We're not talking from this perspective of transcendent, infinite reality. A, a microscope. Still, the Gashmi is calm, calm, calm. But it teaches us about how perception is important. Now, it's not a mistake. These veils were made by Hashem. So this creates a whole different reality. It says that Pare, it says in Yecheskel, Pare said, the river is mine and I made myself. How can Pare have that perception? Such levels of arrogance and narcissism. The river is mine and I made myself. When that moment he was being vivified by divine infinite energy, the answer is, how deep is the veil? The deeper the veil, the more the light gets eclipsed, the more it gives room for a complete sense of arrogance and separation. Or on the contrary, a deep sense of insecurity and inadequacy. Because the two are really always connected. I need to exist with false haughtiness because authentically I don't feel I exist. But Hashem gives chayas to everything. So the Gemara says, Many of them would call God the God of gods. They don't deny that there's a higher reality. This is not a America 2022. means there's a God of gods. I'm also a God. Vizel, somebody once said about somebody, you know, he's a self-made man and he worships his creator. Thank Hashem allows his flow to go from world to world to world to world to the point that he allows for a world where they define him as the God of gods. <laughs> In other words, the veil is so deep, and how do you thanking Hashem that the flow goes to the point that people could call him Elikei Elikim, the God of gods. Even in the place of darkness, he's still a God. 
On this level, the Navi says, I will dress the heavens with a dark veil. In other words, that the light of infinity gets eclipsed. Within this chayl, there's another two dimensions. First, he said, and it's a completely different reality. Even in the lowest level of perception, there's a perception of oneness, of bittel, of connectivity. In chayl, it's already a new reality of separateness. Now he says, in chayl itself, there's two states. Alev chayl gomor. Absolute mundaneness. Hechala is the noiga. In Kabbalah it's called the sanctuaries or the chambers of a klipa of a shell called noiga. Noiga means it's shining because sometimes some light can come through. There's a little transparency. The kadalakaya, where they call Hashem, again it's an expression from Gemara in the end of Menach, is the God of Gods. Keniskelel. Habez. Hupchinas chulin shenasu al tadas hakaydish. Chaylishalmayat. You have Chayl and you have Chalamayid. Chalamayid is also part of Yom Tif, But it's not like the first days of Yom Tif. In Chagigid there's an expression, Chulin Shenasu Altar HaKadosh. There were Jews who were careful to eat Chulin. Chulin is regular food, but they ate it with the same purity that you would eat sacrifices. When it comes to Karbonus or Truma, you have to eat it with purity. Why? Because it's holy food. If you put it, let's say, into a bowl that was uh, impure from a dead weasel, you're not allowed to eat the meat anymore. You've got to burn it because it became tummy. So you had to eat Kedusha Betara. There were Jews who ate Chulin Altaris HaKadosh with the purity of Kadosh. It was a different, usually Kayanim. They didn't want them confused, so they used to eat everything that came into the house. They treated with, with the sacredness of Karbonus. Or Chaverim, there were different people. So the Al-Tari says it's chulin, but it's Al-Tari. So he uses this halachic terminology to describe the spiritual idea that there's a different type of chayl. There's chayl and there's chayl. There's hamavdal ben kodesh l'chayl, what you would call, what you would call real chayl, regular chayl, and then there's chalamayad. Chalamayad means the chayl is also an elevated chayl. What does this mean? There's a ray of holiness. And how does he define holiness? Pchinis bitl. The definition of Kedusha is always a sense of complete alignments, alignment. There's no eye that's separate from the cosmic eye. Kedusha equals Bittl. What does Bittl mean? Bittl doesn't mean self-denigration. Bittl means that the eye is an extension of infinity. The eye is an extension of Hashem. So that Kedusha is communicated even into the mundane. That makes it Chol HaMoyed. Like Chol HaMoyed has an ear of Yom Tif. It even has Halachis of Yom Tif. Not in everything. A lot of things it's chayl, but it's chayl amay, it's a different type of chayl. The Gemara says, when a person observes Shabbos, there's the light of Shabbos that goes into the six days of the week. It's not that the week is detached from Shabbos. In Pesachim, at the end of Pesachim, the Gemara says, the first three days of the week are a continuum of the previous Shabbos, and the last three days of the week are already a preparation for the new Shabbos. The Gemara calls it Basar Shabbat and Kameh Shabbat. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday is a continuum of the previous Shabbos. In other words, if it was a real Shabbos, it goes into Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Havdalah you could do till Tuesday. My Vesedra, Havdalah. And then the next four, three days, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, is Kameh Shabbat. It's already Sahib on Shabbos. I once asked a guy why he doesn't go work. So he tells me in Yiddish, he says, Ayid Zuntik. Tracht Montik, 
was wird sein Dienstag? Mittwoch, trachte ich im Baldonnerstück und Erev Shabbos, why should I go work? Right? The whole week was Shabbos, I don't know how to translate it, it works in Yiddish. A Jew on Sunday is thinking on Monday, what should I do Tuesday? Wednesday he starts contemplating about Thursday, tomorrow's already Friday, let's call it a week. The point is, also Shir Shalyayim on Friday, on Wednesday we say Lechun The end of the Shir Shalyayim of Wednesday is Lechun because the beginning of Shabbos. So what's this idea? There's a word from the Taldash Yaakov Yosef. The Gemara says, Aseh in Beit, Aseh Shabbat Chachol V'altet Starech Lebrius. Literally, it means make your Shabbos a regular day and don't don't ask money from people. In other words, better to have a regular simple meal on Shabbos rather than needing money from people. So he said, Aseh Shabbat Chachol. Make your Shabbos, define the Chol. Bring your Shabbos into the weekdays. Exactly, you won't need anybody a whole week. You'll be, you'll, be in a, you'll be in a different state. I say Shabbat Chachel. Bring your Shabbos into Chachel. Make your Shabbos in Chachel. You'll be in a higher plane. So the Balatanya says that Shabbos, there's a ray of Shabbos in the whole week. This is a gift that the Jew receives in the six days of creation. That the Kedusha of Shabbos should define the whole week so that all my actions in the middle of the week should be chayl. It's chayl, it's not Shabbos. But it's chulin shenasu altar sakaydish. It's chulin that's infused with the purity, with the holiness of Shabbos. V'zeo inyan havdolah v'matzoyi Shabbos. Baruch ha-mavdol ha-brochi am-shochish yachulin asum altar sakaydish. And that's the whole purpose, that's the reason for havdolah. What's the idea of havdolah? I understand Kiddush, you're welcoming Shabbos, you're greeting Shabbos, zochazim ha-Shabbos l'katshah. What's the idea of Havdalah? It's an announcement that Shabbos is over. You can make an announcement Shabbos is over. <laughs> There's a din of Havdalah. And with a kois and everything. So the Balatanya says, the Havdalah is not to separate and create a boundary that you don't cross. On the contrary, the Havdalah is to create the appropriate partition so that you could continue Shabbos into the weekdays. Proper closure creates a better connection. In other words, when Shabbos ends, something happens. You cr- you're going into a different world. It shakes up the person, because it's a different reality. The Havdalah acknowledges a new reality started, and now I'm going to figure out how to take Shabbos and bring it into the week. And that's, that's the idea of Baruch HaMavdal, because the word Baruch in Hebrew is Meloshen Hamshacha. Baruch in Hebrew means a flow, to continue, a continuum. Like Brecha is a pool that comes from a source of water. Hamavrich es is you take a vine and you continue, you take, you take a branch and you bend it and you make a new, a new sapling. It's called mavrich es Baruch hamavdol, megadosh I want to be mamshich through the havdolah, through the veil, I want to take something of Shabbos. Why do you have to say it? Because if not, as you go through that veil, it's lost. And you, you, it's hard for you to find your bearings. It's important in life when you're going into a new stage, to be prepared for that new stage. Because when you're prepared for the new stage, you can actually, you don't have to get lost. It's not a shock. You figure out, and now I'm going to continue from the previous into this place. But for that, you have to acknowledge that you're crossing a border. There's different rules now. There's a Havdalah. If you don't acknowledge that, and you say, oh no, Shabbos never ended. No, Shabbos ended. 
there was a Yid who loved Shabbos very much, and he would do Malava Malkus till three in the morning, and it was once two in the morning, and they said, you know, it's late. So he said, it's still too early to be Mechabal the next Shabbos. <laughs> so the Balatanya says, what's Havdalah? Havdalah is Nishtam Havdalah. Havdalah is, 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 is an energy. Havdalah is a, is a celebration that I recognize the boundary, but no Yiyush. But I could continue the flow into the Chayl. But you need the Havdalah. You need to recognize that there was a veil because the energy is not the same energy. And then you could have Brachim, Elosh, Namshacha, that through the Havdalah you bring Chaydash into the Chayl. Val Nemar, what happens now in the weekdays? Sheishis Yamim Tasem Six days you're going to work. It has to be it's called days of action. It says in Mechilta, Sheishis Yamim Tavoid, Zu Mitzvah It's not a popular mitzvah, but it says in Mechilta, Sheishis Yamim Tavoid, Zu Mitzvah That's what he says, But you must have a curtain for that. You have to have a Mavdal Bekadosh Lechel. Why? What would happen? Shim Loikein Hayabitl Bamash. Without that masach, you wouldn't be able to work. Because the state would be bitl mamish. What's bitl mamish? Bitl mamish means you're completely one and subsumed in oneness. Like a middle of davening shmanas, when a Jew prostrates himself. That's the state. It says ka'avde kamem, a middle of shmanas, right? Complete. You're standing, you're standing in front of the melech. You, there's nothing else happening. You don't even pick up your hands, you don't wink to somebody, why not? And the answer is, you like having a private audience with the Melech Malcham Lachim HaKadosh Baruch Hu. it would be inappropriate to say, wait a moment, I have to have a conversation. Imagine the middle of a chuppah, right? The chassan is in the middle of, uh, he's putting the, the ring on his collar's finger, and in the middle the cell phone rings. So he says, well, well, <laughs> Let me check. Let me check who's WhatsApping me. What would you say about such a chosen? Huh? Huh? It's not. It, something is very wrong. Why? Why? What, what? I'm not allowed to check. I'm not allowed to check. The answer is medavisin vumishteit on favemimishteit. You have to know where you are. In the middle of shmenaster, it's intimacy. Bein ishliyish the same thing. Later after the chuppah, a man and a woman, a, a husband and a wife are together, and he's busy checking his phone. She's busy going onto her Facebook account. In the middle of a moment when you're together, there's something off. It means there's no connection here. So the Balatanya says, in the middle of Shemun Esther, it's a different type of relationship. He's referring to a Gemara Meseches Chagigadaf Hay. There was somebody standing in front of the king, and he was making signs. He was making like all these types of signs, and he was killed. Now, he's not talking about the nature of the kings who would execute people. But the point, it was called Merida B'malchus. Why? I'm not allowed to sit and make facial features and make signs and make a puppet show. The answer is, Kame Malka. In front of the king, it was perceived as Merida B'malchus. He didn't even speak. He was just making signs with his hands. In front of the king, what was required was awe and humility. So fine, the kings of yore, this was a, a, a Roman a Roman kaiser. But the kings of yore, you know, they were despots. But the point is, it was perceived as meridah b'malchus. Why? Because mandemach v'bemachek. Mandemach v'bemachek means you make signs. Kame malchets inappropriate. So the Balatanya says, let's understand this. How are you going to work during the six days of the week? So he's explaining why Shabbos we don't work. It's not Shabbos you don't work 
only because you're not supposed to work on Shabbos. Shabbos is a state of consciousness where work is completely inappropriate. The Pasuk You should eat from the work of your hands, and those are the 39 malachas, plowing, planting, plowing, harvesting. That's how you should eat. In other words, you're supposed to work. I'm supposed to cultivate the ground and produce whatever that type of work is. Most work was agricultural at the time. But whatever the type of work is. Which means, In other words, through my work, I'm actually creating something that didn't exist before. Both of these things could not happen on Shabbos. What's two, two things? Number one, there's a sense of autonomy. There's a sense of separateness. I'm doing work. I have to be creative. I have to think. In a state of Kodesh HaKadoshim, the Kohen Gadol in Kodesh HaKadoshim, one wrong move, he lost his life. Why? Not as a punishment. Because this is a state where the frequency is infinity. <laughs> if, if you go into a place of separateness, you can't exist anymore. Teufus, what he's saying? It's the middle of Shemineser. Let's say you're meeting one of the holiest, uh, you're, you're going into a Yechidus, to a private audience. Right? Tzadik Hadar. Yeah? Right, you don't go in and check your phone in the middle and say, I want to eat a falafel, I'm hungry. Why not? What's wrong with eating a falafel? You have lunch, people sit in lunch and eat. The, and the answer is, you're completely missing the moment. You're completely missing. What's required now is, yeah, to be in a state of, of connectivity. In the middle of Shemina Esra, it's a different type of relationship. That's why the halachas, you know, all the halachas, what you interrupt for, you don't interrupt. And people say, whoa, kid, God really cares. Let's say, Middle of I answer Kedusha. Here, you could answer, here, you can't answer. You could say, Baruch Hu you could say, Amenei, Baruch Shmei, no Baruch You learned all those halachas, have sick betfila. There's 50, there's the seven and a half, uh, almost eight billion people in the world. Yeah. So if you stopped here, you stopped there, you said the. But the truth is, in a relationship, it's very important. <laughs> in a relationship, it's very important. If you go out with your wife for the anniversary, you go to a beautiful restaurant, right? You're sitting half the time, and you're answering emails, right? It's a, it's a, it's a form, I don't want to use the word betrayal, but there's a deep disappointment. Why is there disappointment? Because there was anticipation of deep connection. So you have to know which world you're in. So the Balatanya says, in the world of Shabbos, the world of Kodesh, there's no room for Malacha. Because even in front of the king, to make signs with your hands is called Meridah B'malchus. Sepasnisht. You went into the audience, I wanted to say the President of the United States of America, but he's sleeping. But uh, at least at a certain period, you walk into the President of the United States of America, right? There's a certain, uh, there's a certain awe. Not because the person is a tzaddik, because of the position. So he says, work requires creativity. You have springing, you have to schwitz, you're plowing, you're planting. You can't do it in that place. That's why Shabbos, there's no work. The energy of Shabbos, it's a place of bittel. We once learned the Maim, it says in Yerushalmi, Rabbeinu Yoyna quotes it, Chazal had a hard time of being matir divrit on Shabbos. Imagine. Bekushi. They understood that. So the Alzheimer says, what are you supposed to do, Shabbos? Silence. So he says, silence. And if something, singing. Chess. 
No, no, that's uh, that's too analytical. So, but they real, I realize that most Jews don't know how to be silent for twenty four hours. Most people don't know how to be silent for tw- twenty five seconds. So, what's Shabbos going to be miserable? But that's what that's what, so. Good morning, Yerusham. Bekushi hitiru ladaba divrei teira. We talk about Shabbos divrei teira, divrei teira. Sorry, it's not supposed to be on Shabbos. Dvatayda, <laughs> dvatayda. Wrong day. Sunday. Give me dvatayda's. Shabbos, no dvatayda's. Silence. They once asked Eli Wiesel if in Judaism there's a tradition of silence. Because Jews are always talking. He said, yeah, but we don't talk about it. <laughs> so this part of Shabbos we don't talk about. Because what is it supposed to look like? I sit at the table, I look at my wife, she looks at me, I look at my kids, they look at me and we're quiet. It may actually be a very nice Shabbos table. You need to have the kalim to live in a place of complete silence. But that's Falten Ebbe's word, Bikushi, that's Shabbos. It's a state of sound, of oneness with the universe, oneness with infinity. Lepayel, they realize you need to make kalim in a world where people talk. So they said, okay, talk divinitayda. <laughs> it was a compromise. So you're going to now go work? Working on Shabbos, you, you're completely not in the energy. It's like under your chuppah, you're going to start working. I have a real estate deal to finish. What, what? This is a moment that requires complete oneness. But since Mitzayi Shabbos, there's a veil, hamavdil, Ah, now the Ein Soif is not manifested. If the Ein Soif is not manifested, so now it's not Miriam de Malchus to go work. Now Hashem says, go get a job, go work. <laughs> Shabbos, chas v'shalom. Shabbos, you're on Yechidus with the Melech Malcham Lachim. Shabbos is Shemin Esra. Mitzray Shabbos, go work. You have to go work. In Shabbos, you can't work. Yotayf is what he's saying. You need to have dollar to be able to tune into a new level of reality. There's a difference between Shabbos and Chal. When the Kohen Gadol goes out of Kodesh HaKadoshim, it's a different reality. Takes off the clothes, goes home, it's a different reality. There was no danger of going into the Heichal. Kodesh HaKadoshim is dangerous because there's a frequency of infinity. It's like going out of space without the right, proper gear. You won't be able to survive. Yeah? Oh, so what does it mean to bring Shabbos in the Chal? Not that I don't work a whole week. <laughs> Another thing he says, in work you're creating something, you're a partner. Shabbos, you're just a conduit, there's no I. Work means I create something. Yeah, I went to work, I did something, I planted this tree, I made this deal. There's a sense of creativity. How did that happen? Balatanya says, for that there had to be Havdalah, Hamavdal. Havdalah is a big thing. Havdalah is not a small thing. Havdalah is a change, a change in reality. Well, there's the Nusach of Havdalah, but then there's also, we do it a la kais. We do it on a cup of wine. But it's a bracha, it's a special bracha. Because you need the flow, acknowledging the change. And now I want to bring in some of the consciousness of Shabbos and Techel. When Torah says you should do Malacha on Shabbos, for example, somebody needs to be taken to a hospital or something like that. So then... That becomes part of Hilchas Shabbos, right? Right, right, right. There's a machlokes in Rishonim if if it's called Chuya or Hutra, if Shabbos is postponed or the Chachila no 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 prohibition. But then, of course, Shabbos itself demands Shabbos itself demands that because you're saving a life, you're saving a life. That, that, that's divine. So in a state of Shabbos, it's a, it's, it's complete, complete oneness 
there's no separateness. So work would then be a betrayal of reality. Because there's complete attachment, complete connectivity. After Shabbos, it's not a betrayal of reality. It's actually, it's actually important. It's an invitation. Because on Shabbos, there's no separateness. So there's no me doing something. After Shabbos, there is. There's me working and me creating. How does that happen? He says, That's Pshat. Hashem created the world. The beans is not just about beans. It's a metaphor for life. There's bitterness that needs to be transformed into sweetness. The world is really Shabbos. But you can't get to Shabbos without Yemei HaChal. It says, Shabbos, Shabbos. The person needs to work through their, themselves to create alignment. Because we don't live in a world that's only Shabbos. We live in a world with this Hamavdal. We live in a world with this separateness. A very powerful idea. You can't jump into Shabbos if you didn't work through the six days. In simple language it means you have to bring all of your individual features and characteristics into the relationship. You can't enter into a relationship of oneness by amputating your personality. By amputating your creativity. Emunah doesn't mean, I don't think, I don't feel, I don't have a heart, I don't have a personality, I'm a shmata, I don't exist. That's Shabbos without the weekdays. You're not, you're not one. You know why? Because the you never became one. The you was just repressed or detached. The Yemei HaChol by a Jew is Chulun Shenas it's infusing Shabbos into a world which is perceived as separate and which Hashem made that way. That's the turmusin. The turmusin that are bitter represents a state of reality that initially could feel disconnected. And then you cook it through your avoid in the weekdays, you bridge together the two worlds. In other words, you open the curtains. Huh? Seven times you cook the turmusin beautifully. And the Gemara says in Psachim, there's Sheva Havdalas, right? In, Chum, in Tanakh, in Chumaj, you have seven times Hashem says he separates. Kodesh Chol, Yisrael Amim, Shvila Sheshisim Amaisa, Koyanim Leviim Yisrael, Mayim from Yabosha. You have seven Havdalas in Chumash, seven Vayavdils. So I want to elevate the world into Shabbos. I can't just escape into Shabbos. I live in a post parochis world. I don't live in a pre If we lived in a pre Tzimtzum world, in a pre parochis world, everything was Shabbos, but we don't live in that world. So you can't be, you don't be, you're not bitter about it. Don't get bitter. Cook it. Transform. Why do we become bitter? We become bitter because I feel lonely. I feel misunderstood. But that's your mission. Your mission is to take the turmusin and transform it. You elevate the world into Shabbos. How? Not through not working. But through working with the proper consciousness, with the proper awareness. And then from that is created Shabbos in which you enter into a deeper place of reality. Now we'll understand the secret of the bris. What's the miller? He's going to use here, he's going to use here very uh, short and intense language. I just want to tell you the point, what he's making. It's a gewaldike, gewaldike chiddush of the Balatanya. Nasa adam betzalmenu kidmuseinu. A person is in the image of Hashem. How did existence happen? Through a masach, through a curtain. 
That is called Arla, foreskin. What is a foreskin? A foreskin is that the bris, is, the, 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 the organ is covered with a foreskin. So Baltanya says like this, which part of a person creates? There's one part of a person that creates, and that's the place of the bris. Hashem made that that's the, the, the procreative organ that the Rebbeinu Shalom gave the energy, gave the ability that from there comes out a seed of life, which when it meets the egg of the woman, an embryo can, can be created after conception, and a fetus can be developed and a baby can be born. Everything else I do in life doesn't create life. With my brain, I can't create life. <laughs> With my mouth, I can't create life. I can impact things. But where do I become godlike? There's only one part of the body that becomes godlike. And just in parentheses, I'm just going to say this for 10 seconds. It's so important, this idea. Because very often in our culture, these things are taboo. You're not going to talk about any of this. So everybody's getting their education from YouTube, and even worse. It's extremely important to be able to communicate about all of this from a refined and genuine point of view, especially as your children are getting older. This is more critical than you imagine. Because even in the most sheltered homes and communities, you just need one kid in the class who's not. So Balatanya here gives us, he says, let's think about this. Where are you most godlike? Not in your brain. <laughs> not in my mouth, not my hands, not my... They're all wonderful. You can build buildings and plant fields and make a lot of money and teach and amazing and write. But where do you become godlike? Where do you create life? Only one part. The organ of the procreative organ, the bris. Ois bris kaidash. In other words, that's where you unleash an energy that brings forth a new life to the world, which is incredible how that happens. And the woman, in her own way, in her own substance, in her own mechanism, how Hashem made the woman's body. So Balatanya says, essentially, your creative energy comes from that space. And that's where you reflect God's creative energy. Hashem's creative energy is eclipsed by a foreskin. It's called a masach, a parsa, tzimtzum. That's why we don't feel infinite. And you know what? Your creative energy is also covered by an arla. It's a mirror of the whole cosmic reality. The question is, what do we do with these curtains? What do we do with the foreskin of existence? The answer is, we open it up. We're all born with an arla. The whole world is born with an arla. The foreskin in the human body in the male body, is a metaphor, it's a mirror, it's a reflection of the foreskin of the entire reality which allowed for existence. If there was no foreskin, it was Einoid Malvade, everything was one. The flow of divine energy would permeate everything, there would be no separateness. It's the Arla that allows for any form of separateness. Even the highest world has a foreskin. So the Balatanya says, when a bris happens and that foreskin is open, don't think it's just in this little baby. The arla of the whole reality opens up. Something is, 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 is pierced. Something is, is, there's a puncture in the veils of reality on every level from the highest to the lowest that allows there to be a new level of unity. First of all, for this child, that he will be able to experience oneness in his life. And by a girl, the Gemara says in, in, in Gemara, that a woman halachically is considered already after a bris. 
Sapshara woman doesn't have a bris. Halachically, Isha commanded Mehiladamya. Generally, femininity is more um, uh, condu- uh, is uh, is more open for relationships, for connection. A mother rechem from The foreskins of separateness are a little more powerful in masculinity, and therefore they have to deserve avoid of a bris. A woman can also detach pretty intensely, but because she wants so much attachment, if it's not there, you go to the other extreme, sometimes more than a man. But but by nature, Isha Kamanda Mehiladamya. So the whole idea of a bris mill is essentially the whole tikkun of the world. It's opening up the creative energy so it doesn't go through an arla. It doesn't go through a foreskin. That's a metaphor for the whole system of existence. That's what he's going to say. What's Avram? What's Avram? Av is a father. Ram is exalted. Avram. Father, when you say you're a father, you're a father of a nation, you're a father of a family, you're a father of a people. So Av, who that's the beginning of revelation. The source of Hashpa is called the father. You're the father of a company, the father of an organization, the father of a family, the father of a tribe. In other words, you're the source, you're the progenitor, you're the source of Hashpa. This is where it comes from. Basically, it represents the beginning of the flow from the divine source into the world. But it remained Ram. Av was Ram, aloof, sublime, detached. Because there was a curtain. So the flow was not, there was no transparency. The Av was Ram, remained aloof, sublime. There was no continuum from the father to the children. It's like a father who remains completely aloof, and your children need permission to go in and speak to him. There's attachment that's missing between the father or the mother and the children. Av, Ram. Spiritually, Hashem is the father of all of existence, but it's Ram. He's perceived as Ram. Ram, Begamatria Malik. <laughs> 240. Ram is aloof, sublime. Amalek is malak, milika. Milika is when you uh, behead the bird. And there's no connection with the heart. It's Ram. Everything remains up there. Like people who are very cerebral and nothing comes into the visceral body. It remains aloof. There's a masach, there's a blockage. Sometimes people have a very hard time with emotion, with empathy. I can't feel. I understand everything. I can analyze everything. But there's a blockage. The Av remains Ram, aloof. I can't connect. There's a Masach, there's a wall, there's a blockage. Remember, everything in reality, right? Every new world comes from a, from a, a veil, a curtain. And it's important to understand that sometimes can reach a place of, that can become pathological. Meaning, when we speak here about the Masachim, it's the Masachim that Hashem created. Then there's the Masachim that we create. <laughs> How many Masachim do we create? Right? People could sometimes live behind hundreds and hundreds of curtains. That's the world where I live in. I don't even have access to my own energy. My energy goes through one veil, another veil, another veil, until it reaches my conscious brain. And that's where I live from. So that's the energy I'm living with. So the Av, the source, is coming. Everybody gets energy, but it's Ram. It's Aluf. When Avram does Mila, what's Mila? He opens up the Masach. 
He punctures the curtain. The layer, the foreskin of existence. It's not just Avram personally. It represents the whole avoid of the Jew. So what happens now? Nikra av hamayin goyim. Now you become the father of the nations. Now all the sparks from everyone can, can be drawn to you. Because there's no blockage. It's like the children can come back to their parents because there's attachment. The students can come back to the teacher. The world can be aligned with its source. It's like when somebody punctures through your blockages and all your nitsutsus could come back. For the ray of the divine to be revealed to the point that the sparks could now become subsumed under the wings of the Shekhinah. The sparks are not isolated anymore. The sparks could come back. It's through Mila, through circumcision. The word Mal means to circumcise, it means to reveal. The word Mal means to reveal when something is open. For example, it says, You sit right opposite of me, right before me, I could see you. Or we have, The Targum says, in, in Aramaic, Memalala speaking. Memalala. Because what's speaking? Speaking is revealing. Bringing out your inner wisdom from a state of potentiality into a state of actuality. So Mila is two words. Mal Yudke. Yud and He. Yud is Chachma. He is Bina. Yud is the father. He is the mother. But they weren't revealed. They were concealed behind curtains. Mila is Mal Yudke. The Yud and the He of Hashem, the Av, the Father, which is Chachma, is opened. So the flow is now manifested. It's not coming through the foreskins of existence. So now all the Nitzutzes could be, could be subsumed. When Mashiach comes, it says, I will transform all the nations. All the flesh will see that Hashem's mouth spoke. What the world will see is Kifi Hashem Dibur. It says in Yeshaya, when Mashiach comes, the glory of Hashem will be revealed and all the flesh will see that Hashem spoke. So literally, the Mepharshim say, it means that all the promises of Hashem will be fulfilled. But Latanya says, no. You will see in the world Kifi Hashem Dibur. You will see in everything the Dibur of Hashem. In Hebrew, the word for thing is Davar. Davar is really dibur. Why? A thing is not a word. A thing is a word. <laughs> in Hebrew, we know, in Lashon Kodesh, the language of truth, a thing is a word. Shahakal niya bidvaray. Everything exists through his words, but it's not revealed now. I don't look at reality and see the divine DNA. I don't look at myself and see DNA. I need a lot of tools to be able to go there. They'll see the Dibur. When you look at reality, you're going to see this is Hashem's Dibur. It's Hashem's utterance. It's Hashem's energy. It's His creative energy. That's what Mil is. Mol Yutke, the Yud and the He come out in Dibur. Memalala, Mila, Memalala. His Galus Alakus, His Galus Chachma. 
So when Avram Avinu was mal, his relationship with the world changed. Even though Avram had a tremendous influence before, but there was still a rum, there was since a sense of exaltedness, aloofness. Avraham integration. Now you can influence the multitudes of nations. All the sparks will be able to experience your light and be drawn because the masach has been pierced. That's what the miller represents. And he says, In Yecheskel, there's a word in his, in his vision, chashmal. In modern Hebrew, they call it electricity. But chashmal is a divine energy that Yecheskel speaks about. And the Gemara says that chashmal is chashmal. Itim chashois, itim emalalois. Sometimes they're quiet, sometimes they talk. Chashmal. Chash, chash, chashot. La etla chashot in Hebrew is quiet. Time for silence. That's chash. Memalel, we just said, is talk. Memalala. The ruach memalal is dibur. Chashmal is sometimes they're quiet, sometimes they talk. What does that mean? Everybody, hopefully, sometimes they're quiet. Not everybody, sometimes they're not quiet. But what, what's this idea? The divine energy could be silent. It's not revealed. It's in a state of concealment. Like we said when there's a veil. The Gemara says a siog for chachma, a fence to protect wisdom is silence. You don't want to talk because it like squanders the energy. So naturally it remains silent. But itimemalalais, so it comes out. That's dibur. So this is the divine creative energy. It could be completely silent. It's not expressed or it could be revealed. The word mal doesn't only mean speaking. It also means yoshev mimuli. You're sitting right before me. In other words, something that I could see, it's in front of my eyes. If it's not, if it's not in front of my eyes, I can't say it's muli. So the word mal, mila, mal is revelation. Communication, revelation. Now it's in the person too. Hashem says, let's make man in our image. So a person also has a veil, an arla, on the aver, on the organ, which is the mashpia, which is the father. The organ that turns you into a father, the bris, has a masach. Just like the cosmic father, the rabbinah shalalam, has a masach. And the whole reality comes through that masach, through that veil, through that foreskin, through that cover. A person is in the mirror of Hashem. So we have the same thing. Why did Hashem create the masach? That it should stay there? No. That you should elevate it. (laughs) That you should work it through. That you should bring the darkness, bring the light into the darkness. Transform the bitter turmusin into sweetness. The masach wasn't there to stay. The curtain wasn't there in order to create a blockage. The curtain was there to create a much deeper relationship. A relationship in which you can bring the oneness into your separateness. That even the person on the other side of the masach is still connected. Because I work through the veil. Simple English English it means. Simple language. That all the blockages we have in life are not there in order to stay for eternity. They're a journey, they're not a destination. The function is that I should be able to really work them through and bring the light through the veil 
until the reality post-veil becomes one with the reality pre-the-veil. That's what it means from the weekdays you come into Shabbos. You, you pick up the whole world into Shabbos, into Shemayin Esra, Yom Shekulei Shabbos. But not by jumping over the veils and not existing on the other side of the veil. Then there's no Chol, there's only Shabbos. There's no Diribet there's no connection with the world. This is elevating the world. So he says the person also is the same thing. You have the Eivir HaMashpiyah, and it has a Masach. Shahu B'mchinis Ram. And therefore, your creative energy remains ram, aloof, hidden, exalted. Hanistaros l'Hashem alekeinu chachmobina, v'haniglois l'anu levaneinu sheidei hamila nasa niglois l'anu levaneinu shagilu ein ele b'pchinas levaneinu shubchinas haylada. The pasuk says hanistaros l'Hashem alekeinu. That which is hidden is for Hashem. Haniglo is that which is revealed is for us and our children. So he says, Hanistaris Lashem Alekeinu represents Yud K Chachman Bina. Haniglois Lano Levaneinu is when it gets revealed through the bris, it becomes revealed to you and your children. Because that's the part that creates children. It creates birth, it creates a new generation. Kilachain Kasher Nitoisev Hei Bavram, Mikomakam Le Neker Hadesh Bavram, Shadainu Abchinis Ram. That's why the Rebbein Shalom didn't take out the Reish. He didn't call him Avham. He called him Avram. You don't take away the Reish. You don't take away the Ram. You don't compromise the exaltedness. You reveal it. You're not removing the exaltedness of Avram. You don't take away the Reish. You bring the Reish into the hay. The hay reveals it. V'hu hamila. And that, that's what, and that is the revelation of the Mila. So when he asked, the, when, the, when, the, when the philosopher asked him, if Hashem wants Mila, why is there an Arla? And he said, everything needs Tikkun, like the Tormusin. So what's the connection? The Tormusin is a metaphor for the idea that the world by nature could be bitter and dark, and the person transforms it into sweetness. Why is that? Because there's a foreskin that doesn't allow us to perceive the oneness of existence. The bris miller then is the tikkun in the person that opens up this person to their own elikus. And that's why the bris miller is the covenant of the Jewish people. Why is it the covenant of the Jewish people? Spiritually speaking, the bris allows all the blockages to be opened up. Because the arla is not just a physical foreskin. It's a metaphor for all the foreskins that exist in life. Physically, psychologically, emotionally, spiritually. The bris is the covenant with Hashem and the covenant with the people for eternity because it represents the idea that you're not blocked for eternity. You can open up the masach. It opens up the arla, it opens up the masach. And what happens? The person himself or herself can experience their own divinity, their own soul, their own truth, their own ain't soif. Without the milah, there is that arla that filters everything to the point where the light becomes eclipsed. So the whole idea of Bahamavdil bin Kaidish Lakaidish bin Kaidish Lakhil, in order to bring the Kaidish into Khail, Shanaswatarasa Kaidish, that's what the bris represents. And it's not just for the child himself, it's for the people and it's ultimately for the whole world. Every bris affects the whole world. That's where Eliyahu Navi comes to the bris. Eliyahu Navi is the one who heralds redemption. Redemption is when the world will be circumcised. V'nigla k'vayda Hashem v'ra'u chalbasa yachtav k'ifi Hashem diber. Mila, memalala, mal yutke, 
Mimuli. So Eliyahu Anavi attends because this is his celebration. Whenever we, we remove a blockage, there's always a pain involved. A bris is painful also. Whenever you remove a blockage, I'm laughing, it's not so funny, it's painful. Because I'm used to it, right? And psychologically it's that way. A person may live behind what they call protectors. I may have a thousand different protectors that I live behind. You know, again, there's the curtains God creates, and then there's the curtains I create, or we create, intentionally or unintentionally, consciously or subconsciously. But I may be living behind 1.000 veils, right, hidden away, hidden away, and nobody's getting close, because even if you get through one veil, you're not coming to the second. And even if you get through a thousand, I have another thousand. And if you get close, I kill you, which is another veil. So I live behind those mesachim, and we communicate through those mesachim. Anybody knows what I'm talking about? Sometimes our whole communication is through the veils. You know, you peek through, <laughs> safe, okay, you'll send a message. It's very hard. I can't connect to you, you can't connect to me, I don't let you into my life. I don't allow myself to go into your life. Everything is with Mesachim. Veils, veils, veils. Here he's talking about the general ones, but the Mesachim are endless. How many concealments do you create, blockages do you create, in order to filter everything that comes through you? To you and everything that comes out of you. It's a safe place. I do it to cope. I want to survive. I'm afraid. I can't be present in life. How can I be present in life? So either I shut off my emotions. What's that? I take a, 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 a not a veil, I take a chaim, I take a wall. I put my emotions inside. I surround it from all sides with a chaim and nobody's getting close. Even I'm not getting close. You understand that avert? This is the whole process of creation. Creation allows for distortion after distortion after distortion after distortion to the point of complete detachment in your perception. Comes the bris. And the bris changes everything. The concept of a bris mill is not just a physical process for the child. It's an emotional process for the parents. And it's not something I do when I'm eight days old and that's it. It's a continuous avoid of opening up and asking, what are the arlas? There's an expression in, in, in Chumash, umaltemes arlas levavchem. Circumcise the foreskin of your heart. Doesn't mean physically. You're not supposed to do mila on your heart, chas v'shalom. But arla is a metaphor. Huh? Breslev, brislev. Arla's halev. There's the arla on the heart. My heart is, 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 is blocked by foreskins. And nothing goes in, nothing goes out. How, by how many veils? I don't know. Could be so many. So the bris mila is opening that up. That's a form of gula. Creating alignment. And alignment doesn't mean I obliterate myself, because then I'm not creating alignment. <laughs> then I'm just going back to pre-creation. Alignment means I lift myself up. I bring in, I bring in my blockages, like we learned in the Maimur of Noyach. You bring in your tension. You bring in the pressure. You bring in the Mayim Rabbim. The Teva becomes from the Mayim Rabbim. You bring that into Shabbos. You bring your work into Shabbos. You elevate it. It all gets elevated into Shabbos. Chevra Teufus. And he finishes the Maimah, Vihine Hamila Higilu. Mila means revelation. Upriya Higilu Yosek, Kamayaparas Resha Isha, Shchitimaforas. In Mila, there's two processes. There's called Mila and Priya. Right? The Gemara says, Malvalai Parakile Mal. If you know about a bris, a Priya is the second stage of opening it up. The word para also means to open. 
says, Ufaras Roisha Isha by Saita. You expose the head of the woman. That's where we learn that a woman should a married woman should cover her hair. Because it says by Saita, Ufaras Roisha Isha. You reveal Parshas Nasa, you expose the head of the woman. It's a it's a mitzvah by Saita. So that means regularly you don't do that. So the word fara means to open, to reveal. Shchitim afuras is also an expression in chulin. So the word priya is a continuous, a, a continuous opening. Mila, we said, is to open up because it means to speak mal and it means mimuli. And priya is then the next stage. What does this do? Hamasach hamavdil. What are you opening? You're opening the curtain that separates ben kodesh lechayl, the Yisrael. Shenasu al tanas hakodesh. So this allows that the Jew should have chulin that's Altaras HaKadosh. It's not chulin that's detached from Shabbos. It's not Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday that's separate from Shabbos. It's a continuum of Shabbos. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday is a continuum. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday is a chana for Shabbos. The bittel, the Kodesh HaKadoshim of Shabbos is infused throughout the week, even though it's not the same. The week is the week, Shabbos is Shabbos. When Shiach comes, as Yom Shekulei Shabbos. But it creates that connection why is that why is that so relevant? That's the tikkun of the whole Bria. And that's the kayak that the Jew gets by the bris miller. Every child that his or her life becomes opened up to Elikus. What it literally means in simple words is that the Jewish consciousness becomes it's like an antenna. You become open to the vibe of godliness. That's why Jews have a hard time in this world. They're looking for meaning the whole time. Why are they looking for meaning? Because they had a bris. <laughs> The bris basically, it punctures through the concealment, so you feel that there's a higher energy, so you're looking for it. You're looking for purpose, you're looking for meaning, you're looking for fulfillment, you're looking for alignment, you're looking for bittel. The bris opens up the Jewish soul, it literally opens up the heart, it opens up the masach. That even the chulin have a flow of the Shabbos. And that's the main separation. The Gemara says in Psachim, the seven Havdalas. But in Mitzvah Shabbos, we don't say all of them. The first is we say, We don't say the other ones. And then we finish, Because the Balatanya says, there's many Havdalas that Hashem made. But the most important one is, and that's why we finish over that, is Hamavdal bin Kaidish Lachal. Because once the Kaidish and Chal Havdalah is created, from there come all the other separations. Separation between water and dry land is the same thing. Water is Almadis Kasya, dry land is Almadis Galia. Water is a mikveh, dry land is separateness. Water, everything is one. Kamayim Le'amachasim. Tomei and Taher. Different levels, different nations. But it's all the Nekud Hamavdal bin Kaidish Lachal. Chal is a sense of period. Once you can remove and help that Havdalah create Ha'achdus, so then ultimately the other ones will be taken care of. That's why we mentioned that one. Ha'mavdal bin Kaitosh that's the Iker Havdalah, and that's Negei Mitzvah Shabbos. Everybody have a wonderful day, and a wonderful Shabbos, and Atzlach Rabbah, and Be'ez Hashem will resume Monday morning, 7.45. He's saying if you call Avram today, over Balav, unlike Yaakov. Yeah, yeah. Call call a kore la Avraham Avram over Balav. Shenema velayikare oichem cha Avram. Right. So why is that such a big deal? So now we can understand because the name, like Yaakov, even when his name was changed to Yisrael, there's still an Indian of Yaakov. But once Avram became Avram, it's no more Avram. 
No more detachment. No more separation. So you're not allowed to call Avram Avram. Because it represents it represents the it, it represents the conception of separateness. Avram. I'm way above there. Like we say in Halal, Ram al Kalgoyim Hashem, you know? Ram. He's up there. In heaven somewhere. It says the Haman said, let's make a tree, Gavoya Chamishim Ama, and put Mordechai there. So once put him, the Lubavitcher Rebbe said, why Chamishim Ama? Mordechai wasn't so tall. The Gemara says, that a bird above Chamishim Ama, it belongs to everybody. Below Chamishim Ama, you have to know, you know, it's a shus of somebody. Ah? Yeah, so Chamisha Mama is like it's like the Rishus of heaven. So, so he said like this. Haman said, Mardachai is a Helikayid, holy Jew. But he belongs Gavoya Chamisha Mama. <laughs> he doesn't understand what happens in the world. He belongs up there. Givaldik, a source of inspiration. <laughs> Put the picture, Gavoya Chamisha Mama. I'll have a picture of Mardachai. Comes to the real world over here, Haman is the boss. <laughs> That's the union of Ram, right? Amalek. Yeah, also. Maral says, yeah. Ah, the bris. I got the email also. <laughs> to talk about it. Well, if you look at Amalek, Amalek, right, is Kof is 100, and Ayin is 70, and 40, right, is 210, and Lamed is 30. So Amalek, Begamatria, Rum. Because Amalek says, Hashem is up there, and Amalek is Miloshin Umalak. Malak is Malika. You detach the head from the heart. Yet, we're going to live in this world. The Rambam says, but it's going to be a world that's infused with the sense of oneness. Well, our avoid is to do it now, but in the way that we can do it now. That's still through work. Sheshis Yamam Tavoid is part of the avoid. Because the point is not that there's no veil. There is a veil. There is a curtain, Right? We were sent into this world for a purpose. The point is to bring Shabbos into the weekdays and to bring the weekdays up to Shabbos. That, that's what he's saying. Because he uplifts the weekdays into Shabbos. We don't just daven Shemina Esther all day. Why don't we just stand in Shemina Esther all day? Because we were sent into a world where there's... Where there, it's not Shemina you go out, You go away from Shemina Esther. Like the Kayin Gadol doesn't stay in Kayin Shekadashim a whole year. He goes in, and that's it. Why? It's a good place to be. It's a very good place to be, but your job is to go out of Kaddish HaKadosh, not to stay inside. It would be a good idea. Yeah, yeah, focus more on Asiya. <laughs> focus more on Asiya. Thank you for coming. This class is brought to you by the yeshiva.net. Please help us continue the classes. Make even a small contribution at www.theyeshiva.net slash donate.